0: Now that our invasion of planet Sorak 7 is complete, we can move on to our next target. Plot a course.
1: Can you, like, can you please just crank the AC a little bit? I'm dying over here.
0: We need to run at peak efficiency.
1: No, come on, just a little bit. It'll, it'll, it'll make the whole trip a lot easier.
0: Fine. Where, where are we
1: heading anyway? I don't even... I, I kind of slept through the briefing.
0: We need to find a suitable destination full of rich resources for us to invade Oh, uh, They gave you a cultivate. map, right?
1: Let me, let me see that map.
0: Hey, stop. If, here,
1: no, I, I think you're heading the wrong way.
0: No, this is a gigantic planet filled with minerals and precious no, metals. No, no, no.
1: See, right over here, right over here. You're in the wrong quadrant. You got to take a left at the, that nebula. Let's
0: skip the whole nebula. Let's just go with warp speed.
1: All right. There's well, no one can in we, this can quadrant we stop off anyway. at the side? I want an orange Julius.
0: We have a very strict invasion schedule. I
1: want an orange Julius. Fine. You're telling me you want to go through the entire thing with just. Re- rehydrated food packets
0: fine fine let's just get into warp speed and go okay What? Oh, hang on do you hear that huh we shouldn't be able to hear anything in the vacuum of space but there's some sirens
1: oh those are just my tunes aren't they oh oh, oh, wait. oh. wait
0: Ooh. yeah let's let's pull over oh wait. there's a nice Man, moon got
1: we gotta we gotta hide we gotta hide our two i got two ounces of satchweed.
0: what why would you bring that on in yeah, invasion I'll, we I'll put I'll just we need not my... fear anything. We are the mighty invaders.
1: I'll just put it in my pouch.
0: Here, I'll roll down my window.
2: License. Registration, please.
0: I am Sarlock of the Void. Uh, as you can see, my papers are all in
2: order. Yeah, let me see those for a minute. Right.
1: Sarlok, I, n- I never got my registration re- renewed.
2: Play it cool, play it steady. Excuse me, do you two know why I pulled you over today?
1: Was it my devilish good looks or his devilish good looks?
0: Perhaps it had something to do with the planet we left in cinders behind us? Eh,
2: do you have any idea how fast you were going back there?
0: Uh, speed has no concept it's when you're past light. 300
2: million meters per second. Do you have Three any meters. idea how dangerous it is to fly at that speed through this sector? A z-axis z- is no excuse to disregard traffic safety laws.
0: Uh, I'm sure that this is, uh, not a problem. It's a fairly empty segment of space. Perhaps, uh, just a warning is sufficient.
2: What brings you two out into the Zoblotny sector?
0: Hmm? Uh, well, uh, uh, my companion over here wanted some refreshments.
2: What kind of refreshments are you guys after? The Orange blood of Julius? the innocent. You familiar? I mean, Orange Julius. Wait, what did you say? What are you getting on about?
1: I mean, invading's very thirsty work, officer. Don't
2: tell him. Invading. Excuse me? Um, Your excuse. What did you say about invading?
0: Nothing. We're invading the crisp, cool refreshment of an Orange Julius.
2: Keep your mouth shut. I'm going to have to ask the both of you to step out of the vehicle and put your hands against the body of the spacecraft.
1: What a hands.
2: I, I, I was really struggling to like ask because I, I have never had backup called on me, so I'm not sure exactly what the <laughs> what the. <laughs> <earth> the <are> <laughs> <it> <laughs> <is>. Wait, <laughs> really, Dan? <laughs> Man, that sketch sounded so much better in my head.
1: (laughs) I I think it was fine. I think that uh, (laughs) it's hard when you get like like we're already in pretty unfamiliar territory. Yeah, drugs in space. Yeah, but like then we also have like uh, uh, like three people on instead of two. It's always just kind of hard to do. Yeah, yeah, Yeah.
2: and it's fine. It's no big deal. We (laughs) if this were in person, the improv would come probably a little more organically. (laughs) Yeah, I
1: I feel the opposite way.
2: (laughs) Really? Oh, man. Uh,
0: Well,
1: uh, I'm just used to this form
0: of improvisation. mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we've done this like 70 times by now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) well, at least a 30% success rate, I would say.
2: That's about right. (laughs) I am not used to this form of improvisation, so probably the next time I I come onto your show, I'm going to have to visit one of you personally just to have someone to feed off of. No wow. that, 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 that ended very sinisterly. Very No 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 no. I'm just gonna put it out on the table right now. I am also talking about blood.
3: Okay,
1: great.
2: No, we got like that was
1: then <laughs> <laughs> do you what agree
0: with you me? Worried? I feel like that was pretty heavily implied.
1: What were you worried that we would take it at? <laughs> <laughs> what did you think we thought you were gonna feed off of? Orange Julius. Anyway all of our organs wash
2: it wash your blood down with a delicious orange julius
0: (laughs) according to wikipedia an orange julius is a mixture of ice orange juice (laughs) sweetener
3: (laughs) show notes milk
0: powdered egg whites and vanilla flavoring (laughs) oh the guy's name was julius (laughs) oh this is amazing (laughs) People would line up and say, give me an orange, Julius, and then they, they call it that. Um, but it says the original stand also provided medical tonics and Bible tracts.
1: I disagree. <laughs> that, couldn't, that couldn't be true.
0: Official drink of the 1964 World's Fair. Uh, an
1: orange Julius or an orange Julius? Oh,
0: their original beverage icon had a devil with a pitchfork. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. With the slogan, a devilish
2: good drink. Okay. <laughs> Why? No, that's fine That's fine.
3: I'm
1: um, sorry, Dan, we're,
0: we're like pretty Distracting over here Oh, you can get him at Dairy Queen now Zane, shut the fuck
2: up <laughs> Sip into something exciting Right now at your DQ Every small Orange Julius smoothie is just a $1.49 Why settle for ordinary When you can have extraordinary Hand-blended Orange Julius smoothies And eight unexpected real fruit flavors
0: It's, it's good to hear from you again though, uh, Dan Yeah,
2: yeah I, I know, it's been a while, like Th- things have just been going crazy,
3: oh, dude. No,
1: no excuse or apology necessary. We get it. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, this you you've always got a warm seat here.
2: And I'm, yeah. I'm glad that we can do this episode for the uh, Halloweeners. Yeah, seriously. Like this is, um, yeah, this is a good tradition. I like yeah, it, um, yeah. It, it, I, like, it, I like
1: having you on at least once a year. At least just for Halloween, and then yeah. especially a couple more times a year, if possible. Hmm. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna have to think about like I, I. should suggest something for the future for me to, to 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 record on because I like when we were first talking about doing Invader Zim. Mm. I was into it, and then when I started watching it, <laughs> I, I just got so ambivalent and I, I about it because it just like I found it so obnoxious. And yeah. I think that I, I was hoping that that was like everything at the time that was going on in my life was just sapping me of my patience. Uh huh. So going back to it, like I've I've watched probably half the show over the oh, last wow. two days. Um Jeez. that
0: can't be good for your psyche.
2: No, it's not. And the thing is, <laughs> m- my feelings haven't changed, but
3: <laughs> no, but, but I I, they I just had developed.
2: I just
1: had more patience to actually like watch it and yeah like I, I, when you're in a bad mood every little thing seems like like an enormous task yeah i get it
2: and i, I and like it, it does end up i have complicated feelings about this show there's you're not
1: wrong like there is good and there's obnoxious yeah
2: it, it, it's, it's an idiosyncratic form of humor that just didn't immediately click to me
1: and and, and i yeah. would almost argue that it's like time period specific I think so humor. too. Like it's like pop culture referential and mm. like very very niche toward this one demographic. Yeah.
2: So and the like the thing that that got me like, I was I was trying to have a more positive version of this is a fucking obnoxious show. Please make it stop. And and the thing that <laughs> I kind of developed to watch out all of it. Of it.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, <you> I <laughs> watched more than us combined, I'm sure. Eight episodes. Yeah.
3: I, I, oh, watched, eight episodes.
1: That's about as much as I watch.
2: Yeah, because well, the thing I liked is that after the the pilot, they started breaking down into twelve minute segments, uh. which is more digestible. And the thing that like the, the 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 reason that was so good is because I realized that one of my big problems with the show is it made me feel like I have ADD. Oh. it moves pretty fast <laughs> it, 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 it moves at a weird pace and i honestly don't really remember anything that specifically happened in any of the episodes i watched i just know that the characters and dynamic that's going on
1: i think that's more or less the point yeah but i i can see why that would be frustrating yeah yeah like, like i think this show is more about selling a atmosphere than uh-huh. about like reading a story
3: Definitely. and they do
2: do that well like one, one of the best things about the show is the atmosphere and the like the way that the animation gives to the uh to the atmosphere all right yeah. like, did i did i black out and we're like an hour into the
0: podcast right now i'm sorry <laughs> yeah take that zane i just no it's just really funny that yeah yeah yeah, we got yeah, right yeah. Into okay, the groove. okay
1: okay great <laughs> Try to edit around that, Zane. My yeah, I
2: I, I kind of went off on that. Like, um, I, no, I think it's
1: okay. See, you you I, have I, attachment to this show, don't you? See, Dan. Like, you may not have enjoyed I, it, but it's stuck.
2: I think the I, I think the point I was trying to make is I will be much better off when I record a different show. Like, I will be much more fun. Mm.
1: <laughs> oh, I think you're gonna be. I think you're gonna be just fine. I think so too.
3: Yeah. Like, and I, you're I welcome think to pick that one. This is.
1: You may not realize this, and um, I don't want to like, marge- like I don't okay. I don't want to speak ill of other guests, but I like I think you're one of the best <laughs> guests to have on <laughs> our you. podcast. Mm. Like, I legitimately, that. like some people just don't kind of keep up with our pace, and yeah. you might not talk as often as we do, but you get what we're doing, and you oh, have yeah. no tr- trouble jumping in.
2: Oh, that that was nice to hear. I, I, I really do appreciate that, and I do enjoy speaking to you guys and going on your show. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: that's great. Like I mean, yeah. the, I mean. You're also you're also one of my friends who like agrees to do multiple episodes of this, but there's another reason that we keep inviting you on. It's just it's fun to have you on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Speaking of, if Bill also wants to come on at some point again, he was also uh, a great guest. That was a great. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Wizards was a really good episode.
1: Did you listen to that? I did. I did. Man, I I love that one. Yeah. That was great. Um, um, yeah, okay.
2: like something I was thinking of asking you before coming on is, how, how much negativity from me will it take for to render this Please recording have, unusable?
1: Have as much I, I don't unfiltered think you'll get...
0: opinion as you want. Coolio. I don't
1: think that you're going to be able to muster like that negative uh like like a dialogue with us during this episode. Yeah. Like I think also, it's just going to be too sporadic. Uh,
3: also,
2: I mean maybe it'll help your numbers to get some controversy like <laughs> having a special guest on who hates uh, a, a relatively popular show.
1: Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you you know we you know we do what the people want, right? Yeah. <laughs> we we do
0: what we want.
1: Yeah, it it's also like I don't, I don't. know. Like, I'm. I'm not 100% aces with this show either. So, I think a lot of it is. I'm like. No, no, no. I'm getting way too far into the show. Yeah, right we now. can.
2: We, we can actually start the show if we're gonna start talking about
0: Invader
1: <laughs> Then why don't you introduce us? Eh, you know, like. it! <laughs> <Damn, okay. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, welcome everybody. Uh, my name is Ben.
2: And my name is Zane. And my name is Dan. I think,
1: true. <laughs> also, sometimes with now with inflection, <laughs> uh, and this is the Carton Cast where we review old cartoons and see what we think of them as a Carton
0: Cast. The Cartoon Planet of Doom
1: will
3: be mine.
1: And for our special Halloween feature, we have Dan Graves back from the dead. Ooh, from the
3: dead.
2: So nice to s- s- speak. To both of you, I almost said "see you." Yeah, those new lungs I, are coming in great. I, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: um. Yeah, and, oh, and uh, it's it's, Dan, it's what, lovely
2: it's lovely yeah. being back on your show.
1: Well, thank you. you it has uh, that 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 oh. seat has been empty for too long. Uh, we I warmed it up real nice, and uh, I hope it fits. Um, uh,
2: I have adhered to the the seat. You probably mm-hmm. heated it up too much. Yeah, <laughs> you're
1: you're not allowed to leave. <laughs> um,
2: but my but my spatula is uh, well out of reach, so I am just going to have to deal with it for the next hour or two. So uh, <laughs> it worked out in new, your favor.
1: You're you're just a permanent member of the carton cast now. <laughs> the chair this is, is part how I of first you. got. This is how I first ensnared Zane into doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, everybody falls for it. It's
2: it, it's a it's a foolproof system. So. Anyway, uh, today we are watching the animated series called Invader Zim, as created by Jonan Vasquez.
1: Yeah, and yes. I'm, I'm sure everybody is familiar with the title, if not the content of this show. Um, but yeah, it's it's our it's our Halloween feature, so I thought it would be good to start before we get into production and stuff by bullshitting about our Halloween adventures.
0: I so mm. I have a I have, have a, yeah I have right mm-hmm. interesting story. So for months, some of my friend group in, in grad school has said, you know, oh, we should do a group costume. We should we should all dress up as, like, Mario characters. Like, great, okay, I can be Luigi, a bunch of other people, all things. But
3: yesterday got a
0: variant. <laughs> yesterday, we show up at their place, like, me and a couple other people who, who are dressed as the Mario thing, and they were like, okay, we didn't realize you guys were actually still in on that. We went with a different group theme. <laughs> Three people oh, that's together
2: dressed up as a moose. So
3: we're just <laughs> sure.
2: Wait a minute. No, you're gonna have to go back a minute. Uh three people dressed so as under- a
1: moose. Dan, what's so hard to understand?
2: Is is this like one of those old timey costumes where everybody's like bent over in weird ways and they're just like wearing segments? Uh, please. Kind of. Describe in <laughs> gritty detail. So, this
0: moose. Uh two people were the legs and then the front person had somebody on their back as the top bit of the moose um <laughs> and they made like a cardboard that's moose so head and cardboard moose like antlers but they put the antlers on their arms so it looked like moose claws which i guess are not a thing <laughs> oh. so
3: well, you got horrifying. so now you got
0: luigi like showing a moose Cutting the way into moose. buildings <laughs> Are you yeah, sure it wasn't suppo- his valiant crab moose into <laughs> battle?
2: Are you sure it wasn't supposed to be a
1: shogoff? <laughs> if you look at it through the right prescription, everything looks like a shogatam.
0: But in any case, I had a very nice Halloween
1: <laughs> Yeah, and Zane, I do believe that when you sent me a picture of you as Luigi, it really looked like Luigi as. From There Will Be Brawl. That's what I was
0: going for. Um, So the Mario was like, I don't want to just be Mario. I'm going to be hipster Mario. So I'm like, I'm going to be depressing Luigi from There Will Be Brawl.
1: Dan, are you aware of There Will Be Brawl? No, I'm not. This is something that you might be interested in as just kind of like a weird adaptation of kind of a cutesy thing, like phrased through a depressing, bleak setting. I I don't Uh, know if you're into that. Um, I'm always into that. So uh, there will be brawl. Is this original web series that takes the characters of Super Smash Brothers Brawl, huh? you know, all like kind of the Mar- the extended Marioverse? Oh yeah, and and puts them in this like weird HBO gritty crime syndicate like <laughs> dirt of the earth city kind of That's, setting. It That's looks right really with, good. Like, political maneuvering and assassination, oh. and it's so weird.
2: Oh, you just killed my productivity for another month. <laughs>
1: No, it's only like eight episodes, or it's, it's ten episodes, yeah. and it's pretty great.
2: I will definitely track that down. Um, <laughs> but I will have to save it for after my Halloween plans, which are, eh, they've been lame the last few years, but you know what? A quiet night in is all I really want nowadays, and I'm probably just going to sit down and watch Beetlejuice. Nice.
1: Yeah. Now, you're t- referring to the uh, the pinstriped weirdo, not the star? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the pinstripe the
2: pinstriped Weirdo Indeed. Uh one of my all time favorite movies from my uh my childhood.
1: I don't know much about like old horror movies. I'm gonna have to like get a list from you at some <coughs> point to like how get old kind of how, some of the greats.
2: Oh yeah, and how old are you talking? I mean Criminy, the uh <laughs> Did I ne- just I'm say criminy.
0: He- I've
1: never,
2: I've never heard that movie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's
1: it's Jiminy Cricket is that like in prison. Creepy, like Jiminy Cricket or something like
2: that. I, I don't know why I just said criminy, but I'm gonna roll <laughs> with it. Uh, Beetlejuice isn't that old. I think was it like '90s or late
1: '80s? I, well, let me ask the internet. It's definitely mm, like ladies. late '80s, early '90s. I think that I was uh, not of a frame of mind to watch horror movies when I was that young. And uh, but I did, I was aware of like the animated series. Oh yeah, yeah. Which was a lot sillier mm-hmm. and less. I don't know. I guess the the movie was probably kind of silly. The movie was in '88. Yeah. It must have been silly then. Yeah. yeah.
2: I just love the idea of the afterlife being in a massive bureaucracy. Oh yeah. Which is just like uh yeah. So that's my plan for Halloween. That's like nowhere near as uh, interesting as Lovecraftian moose horror. But no, t- see, yeah, Moosecraft is not bad. I, I would love to stay, and
0: I'm sure I'm going to get drafted into another Ouija time parade. But <laughs>
1: <laughs> you love Ouija time. It's up um, there. I'm it... probably going to Terror, terror Behind the Walls uh, tomorrow, actually. So I haven't really done anything for Halloween. Mm-hmm. I, I really wanted to make another costume, but I just, I just couldn't put forth the effort this year. What? It's the... a shame because it's like the one holiday that I feel, you know, enamored of. I guess.
0: Is Terror Behind the Walls that? Um scary like, haunted yeah, house the, thing again? Yeah, it's the
1: haunted house at the East State Penitentiary. Oh,
0: uh, that's great. Yeah, that I'm not would going be... with
1: my usual crowd, so maybe it'll be a little bit more interesting.
2: That would be really cool.
1: Oh, yeah, it's always a good time.
2: In fact, I think you've mentioned it before in one of the previous Halloween episodes I've been Yearly. on. Yearly.
1: Every, every single time.
2: Every time. <laughs> as, a matter,
3: as a matter of fact.
2: Every time.
1: But hey, we're not talking about that today. I think we should get right into our show because I have a lot to say. Uh, Let's talk about (laughs) Invader Zim.
0: Yeah, let's let's just jump right into it. So uh, Invader Zim ran on Nickelodeon in 2001 and 2002 uh, for two seasons, but most of the second season wasn't released until 2006. It was created by Yonan Vasquez, who also wrote the comic book um, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. Johnny the
1: Homicidal Maniac is how I became familiar with Vasquez. I think even before Invader Zim. Really. I think so. I, I might be misremembering. But I, I, I read
0: it, but not before Invader Zim.
1: Yeah. In, I, Invader I do actually remember.
2: Invader Zim is my first person. Like watching it for this show was my first personal exposure to anything Jonan Vasquez. But I've been aware mm-hmm. of it. And Johnny the Homo- uh, homicidal maniac is one of them. Like so, I've no- I've known people who've who've uh, mm-hmm. who, who've known it, and it's like I, I just like huh, oh, okay. <laughs>
1: Given your lukewarmitude on the obnoxious obnoxiousness of Invader Zim, I think you might prefer Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. It's less obnoxious because it doesn't have Gurr in it. Yeah it is. Oh, it is it is also a bit more preachy, so you, he, you know.
2: You hit the nail right on the head right there. Oh yeah. We
1: don't need to like <laughs> <laughs> we we, um, we don't need to hide that. <laughs> like of course that's that's where it is.
0: And uh he, yeah. he brought Invader Zim back in comic book form in twenty fifteen. Um, and I, I love this oh. quote, so I'm just going to read it verbatim. In regards to bringing it back, he said, oh, yeah. um, I'm always confused when people say how much they miss Invaders in because the show never stopped running in my head. And then I remember everyone else isn't in my head.
1: Yeah, he's... Fair enough. He's a strange man. <laughs> yeah, I can't tell how much of it is fake and just how much of it is how he thinks. And I don't really need to know because I'm a pretty big fan of, like, his presentation, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, both personal and, like... The things that he produces like i like i like how he presents everything Mm.
0: um and Uh, the show the show was canceled because it was way more expensive than any other nick show and wasn't you know it didn't have enough fans to warrant that expenditure
1: yeah this that very much kind of cements it in cult classic territory given how popular it became and uh you know this is it's it's also a very strange beast because how the hell did it make it to Nickelodeon. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's, like, way darker it, and, like, it, way more, like, kind of, I don't know, it doesn't seem like a PG sort of rating, does it?
2: Yeah, it doesn't really fit in with the rest of their fare at the time. Right. Yeah.
1: Um. So, the basic premise behind it, I don't know how much is, like, necessary to say, but Invader Zim is about a... Um, upstart alien invader who sucks at his job and is just generally incompetent trying to invade Earth, um, Yeah, his, thereby his... confronted with equally amounts of stupid inhabitants, and uh, I, I have to ask before we start, just before we actually start talking about the show, I'm curious about uh, your perspective on this, Dan, as our resident horror aficionado. Are aliens a good brand of horror?
2: I think that they can fit into the uh, into the genre. Um, I, I, it depends on how they're presented. I'm not. Uh, I think that Invader Zim would fall into that. Just be, especially because of this, the uh, the anima- the, uh, the the animation and art style is so um, mm, weird. grotesque Really? It, yeah. It, it's it's meant to be grotesque. Like there are ways to treat extraterrestrial fiction um, that it wouldn't fall into this category, but I think Invader Zim uh, does. Is,
0: is yeah. there, like, a, a wider genre of alien horror that doesn't veer into, you know, Cthulhu and that sort of thing? Because I feel like that's how it's expressed the most nowadays, and I, I haven't really seen anything else like this.
1: Yeah, like... Um... I mean, all I can think about is, like, alien...
2: Yeah, like, the the movie Alien. Like I think that, like, it has or enough like of, of the,
1: the... Invasion of the Body Snatchers.
2: Yeah, like, it, it has enough of the characteristics of a horror film to fall into it just because the the, the thing that is causing the horror is an alien. Uh, it's but unknown.
0: Yeah. You don't know what it's capable of.
2: Yeah, like, yeah. It, if, if you wanted to go for some non-animated... Uh, examples of this, you would go for things, uh, things, well, things like yeah, the uh, thing, <laughs> the thing. Um, uh, the movie Alien, uh, you know, movies along those lines. Um, definitely uh, not like Spaced invaders or ET or anything. What about uh, that.
1: what about evolution? Uh,
2: not familiar. Not
1: Wait, familiar. is that is that the name of the thing?
0: Are you thinking a Little Shop of Horrors?
1: <laughs> no, I think I, I think I would remember that. No, it's uh, What are you talking about? I think I think it's called evolution. It's like spores come down and they like start combining in- among the populace and then turn into this big thing and uh, I can't remember the the specifics of it. I guess slither also?
0: Okay. Is that like
1: Tremors? God. <laughs> well, Tremor like I mean I think your anal- your um description of what makes alien horror good is like it being an unknown thing. I think that's like the biggest I think that's the biggest importance uh, for a good alien horror is that they need to be mm-hmm. other, and in this in this setting, they don't really do that because Zim <laughs> is like a human that just happened to be from a different species. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We um, like to... talked about it before. Dan, um, what makes a good monster is that it has to be an intelligence that is decidedly non-human, mm-hmm. and I think that extends to aliens as well. They're just monsters that happen to be from space.
3: What do yeah. you think of that?
2: Uh, No, absolutely. And one of the things that we fear about aliens that makes it a horrifying thing is that they are either at least or more intelligent than us. Um, the, the, The idea of just a monster coming down seems more manageable than an extraterrestrial species coming down that has our number.
1: That's a really great point because when you have, like, old monster flicks, you're always outsmarting them or using the terrain to your advantage or, like, dispelling their, you know, creation somehow. Yeah. But... And, Wait, and so you're like very clearly playing the David to their Goliath where mm-hmm. the Goliath is all brute and the David is, you know, technologically advanced and can think around corners. Yeah. But you get the flip side with alien invasion where oh, these guys have tel- technology that is so advanced that they're capable of interstellar travel yeah. and now they want me dead. <laughs> like um, what do you do? You got to
2: send them up the virus.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah and,
1: upload the virus and <laughs> you and must uh,
3: go <clears throat>
2: And actually, just to that point, um, I, I think it was Stephen Hawking who was talking about the thing that we fear about aliens is that they will come here and they would act like us. Like, we, we know how we are. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we know exactly how we are. We have seen, not to get political, but like we've seen colonialism in our history and the horror that a native population feels seeing the colonial power coming at it. Like to the alien, it is an action movie. But to the 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 population that is being invaded by someone like Zim, if he wasn't a walking case study in the Dunning Kruger effect, um, <laughs> Wait, what is that? The Dunning Kruger <laughs> effect is, as a matter of fact, the entire like the entire cast of the show is it, it falls into this. And the Dunning Kruger effect is uh, when you are so incompetent at something. That you are convinced of your competence, like you're so bad uh, at it that you're convinced that you're the best at it, huh? Because you have no reference point for um, precisely how terrible you are. At let's what, remember that because what, I have whatever like, skill you're, you're you're trying to pull off. I that's have a great. thesis
1: for this show that's going to come up later that plays into that very heavily. So let's keep that in mind.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: so uh, in in reference to you talking about. Um, You know, colonialism and the fact that whenever you had two cultures clashing, Mm -hmm. causing destruction, I tried to look up alien facts, which was about as successful as you might imagine. Uh. And I got distracted by the Drake equation, which is just, you know, probability dictates that there's probably a bunch of these uh, intelligent life forms. Mm. And that that leads right into what is known as the Fermi paradox, which is if there are so many of them, why haven't we seen any yet? Why haven't they come to contact us? And one of the reasons behind them not contacting us is because of this idea that when cultures clash, war happens. Mm-hmm. So they just, like, you know, wipe their hands of the whole thing.
2: Yeah, the, uh, and they've possibly very well destroyed themselves.
1: Yeah, also, yeah. Yeah, there's, just, like, 20 different reasons that they posit. Like, all of the sci-fi writers just getting together, and it's like, how do we defend Drake? <laughs> <laughs> how do we make this work, guys? What if yeah, we we so... He's the best among us.
2: So, yeah, so do... Uh, to, to, just to finish that previous thought, um, oh, to sure. to Sorry. to the uh, no no just uh, no problem, just uh, to the invading power, it's an action movie. To the population being invaded, it's a horror movie.
1: Uh, unless you're talking about Independence Day, unless you're talking about Independence Day, <laughs> except for like that five minute stint in the lab where it becomes a horror movie. <laughs> How often do the defenders win?
2: Like that 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 was such an optimistic defenders uh, of what. Defenders of the earth. In the case when you are being um, invaded by especially some force that has the technological advantage, like like we would assume if an alien mm. civilization came to to screw with our shit.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a good point. I I don't think I've seen or heard referenced a horror movie wherein the alien invasion happens and the humans lose. <laughs>
2: That's true. Which is That's sure, true. The but
3: but, but thing
1: I some think of is like Terminator. <laughs> but like I mean, even that is not aliens precisely.
2: But some, t- but how often? I, I'd actually love to do a well, a case study on this, ju- just to look at different plots of different alien movies and just ask how often do uh, does the uh, the human victory result from human action? Because you take it's something very little, like very think. Because yeah, especially like you take something like War of the Worlds when uh, yeah, the aliens are defeated because they got the fucking cold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we, we we were basic they, they had our number until they got the sniffles. <laughs> not not just not just human action, but human intelligence
0: specifically. Because sometimes we beat them with like the power of friendship.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> the thing about alien the like i think most encounters with alien movies that i'm've i've had so far i think you're you're touching on it it's it's a very human human romantic like a romanticized view of humanity that's kind of driving the plot it's like no we have to stand up we won't go quietly into the night yeah and just right. like kind of celebrating our own um our own worth as a species and what's really cool about In- invader zim is it like just abandons that entirely. None of it's what like, we've been we're speaking not about. Worthwhile.
2: Yeah, n- none of what we've been speaking about the last few minutes applies to Invader Zim. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, but it's a it's a good like counterexample like about how innovative this show is. Like I mean, parts of the show are undoubtedly obnoxious by pandering to a specific demographic.
2: But the I sold my Ritalin instead of taking it demographic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Sorry, not not to not to go back, but I just love the idea that you know, in a real-life alien invasion, there's really nothing we can do. And our only hope is, like, hey, some of the aliens, statistically speaking, have to be dumbasses, right? That's so the maybe... thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, because, like, the Urken Empire is just as dumb as we are, but they happen to possess greater tech. And this is one of the themes that I'm going to bring back more, uh, is that this idea that technology evolves so much faster than biology... And that, that hampers any, like I mean, you said it yourself, Dan. Like the the possibility that the alien civilization just blows itself up, like it self destructs, is mm-hmm. is, um, is is something that they kind of explore here. Because Z- like Zim yeah. is pretty dumb, but. His society is no more intelligent, really. They, like, they base on the who's the leader
0: based on who's the tallest. And when oh, they conquer so a planet, they just turn it into a single-use planet, like a parking structure planet or a <laughs> fry court. Like
2: it's so, so good. So they're like George Lucas with, with like the single like <laughs> e- ecosystem planets.
1: So what? Tell us about the uh, ecology of this planet. It's cold. It's a cold planet. There's rebels, but not too many. Um. Yeah. Anyway, I think that we're getting a little bit too far down that, so uh, let's let's pull back out and start talking about the show, maybe. Sure. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, uh, gosh, I, I don't even know where to begin, really. <laughs> like,
2: I, I can kind of begin, like, if you wanted to do like a story synopsis, it, like the the thing that yeah, I was, the, Well, the thing I kind of uh, we were talking about before we started recording was um, this show made me feel like I had ADD. Like the like, and and the problem is that like I can tell you the synopsis is basically that Zane has already mentioned, um, Zim is the least effective of this uh, militaristic, imperialistic Urkin extraterrestrial race, and they send him to a mystery planet just to get him out of the way, and that planet is Earth, and
1: he. uh, Uh, I love the intro arc to this. (laughs) whole show like i think that it's so good
3: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: like i love that first episode
3: Mm -hmm.
2: yeah um and then he's just terrible at invading earth and is being constantly hounded by uh this child called dib um who's a bit of a conspiracy theorist really into ufology and um that's basically it. I can't really tell you anything specific that happened in any of the episodes that I
1: watched. Um, I think most of them <laughs> revolve around Zim and Dib having like these little miniature like world clashes.
2: Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. a cat and mouse kind of a show.
1: A little bit, but like with really high stakes. Oh yeah. You know, like if one of them captures wow. the other, it's autopsy time, yeah. you know? Like and uh, they manage to stay just enough out of each other's clutches, but mm. I think that the show does the best when it's really focusing on that uh, that that rivalry, I guess. Certainly,
2: yeah. And I left out a whole lot, but like that's all I can. Like that's the that's the.
1: I mean, I think that's enough. The, the, the meat,
2: but that's the meat and potatoes of it. Um, yeah,
1: and like you said, like this this show is mostly about presentation and a little bit about plot. So it's not certainly. that big of a deal that we don't really get that much. It's just like Zim is trying to negotiate conquering this planet and dib is trying to negotiate not letting zim win and they have like this it's this balancing act i guess yeah. from episode in, in, to episode. in terms
0: of that atmosphere it, what really made it stand out against other shows of the time is that it's like it's darker grosser weirder and more intense than other shows but yet somehow also very silly
1: yeah this is actually rubbing up against the horror comedy interplay that we talk about so much Probably not yeah. in, like, my favorite terms because it, they're pretty segregated, Yeah, right? they don't mesh well. Right. In, in this show, you have all the comedy taken care of... Well, not all of it, but a good amount of it taken care of by Gur, who doesn't have any horror to him. All of the good comedy comes from, like, Zim trying to be, like, terrible and just coming off as ineffectual He's and He's laughably incompetent. Yeah. Um... But yeah, do, do, let's talk about Zim.
0: Yeah, so Zim is voiced by Richard Stephen Horvitz, who we've seen as Billy from uh, The Grim Adventures, and Daggett in Angry Beavers. You know him. He's got this very high, very, like...
1: Ay, 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 aye. aye, aye, aye. He was also Alpha
0: 5. Uh, yeah, that's right.
2: <laughs> he was, wasn't he?
3: Oh, oh yeah.
1: Right. So <laughs> oh, you know you the can, voice. You can hear it now, right? Yeah. And, um,
0: no, I definitely.
3: Yeah.
1: And
0: he is sometimes hilariously bad and sometimes terrifyingly good at his job
1: yeah he what i like to think of is he's not actually that much stupider than the rest of the urcan empire like which is shown because we see the Irken empire at times and it's not that you know advanced so socially speaking um it's feudalistic the, the problem is that he, he just seems to have some vague mental disorder where he just discounts Almost everything that everyone says, except for his <laughs> almighty tallest. Like, he's got like the weirdest re- religious fanaticism. It's actually patriotism, I guess, that he's suffering from. Like, Do
2: you think the Urkan Empire practices, uh, like, incest on the level of uh, European nobility? Through, oh, through history yeah, like 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 breeding. sure yeah like like yeah just like a terrible interbreeding where like all of the tall people no matter what their blood ties they just like it's a it, it, it's like a like a click and they just get together into their own social class and they just screw each other to Ugh. keep the height you got to keep the sure. height in the family
1: <laughs> i mean yeah, yeah like sure they, they probably so- have like tallest like ankle dysplasia or something like yeah. that. And yeah. so
2: and, and so eventually their leaders, like the leadership class that is the tallest, they just like all of those recessive traits just like pile on <laughs> over the years. And eventually yeah. and eventually you've got dangerous nitwits running the show.
1: You're well that's <laughs> the other thing I love about this show is that like the you know, political hierarchy very much like is is meant to poke fun at our own uh, like our own human society hierarchy, how we like yeah. promote the dumbest to like the. <laughs> like, Jonan Vasquez does
0: not have a positive view of your average American,
1: <laughs> or, or kind of anything really. Yeah, yeah, I, I, like, like I got a feeling. Membrane. Membrane. All the yeah, people a in this
2: show that... are just gross, stupid. Like, I, I have a strong feeling that Jonan Vasquez does not like humans too much. Oh which, man, which, which it, I can
1: he appreciate. Just... I mean, he peels back the very thin veneer to that viewpoint from this show. If you read Johnny the Homicidal Maniac, he just mm-hmm. like makes fun of literally everyone in the show or mm. in the in the in the work. I need to personally track
2: that down. Like, uh, I, I forget if I mentioned it before we started recording, but like, I, I've always been like, I've known people who have been into Joan and Vasquez's work, but I just never, I never touched it until you invited me to do this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it,
1: I uh, I'm actually wondering like. Just, I know this is kind of a sidebar, but I think it's an interesting thing to ask because mm. as somebody who hasn't dealt with Indater's Zim before, your opinion of it going into this was probably pretty dismal because you probably have only heard people singing the Doom song. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was honestly
2: ambivalent about uh, watching the show. Like I, uh, I started it, and um, I started it going in knowing that I had already found the fandom that was pretty popular around the time that I was in high school incredibly obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: right, and, and you're not, like, uh, yeah. you're objective enough to go into a thing that you have negative feelings toward and judge it object. Like, I remember one time I yeah. was making you watch Chappelle's show, and you only heard, <laughs> I'm Rick James, bitch. And then we all, like, we, like, steamrolled through a bunch of episodes, and you're like, I get why this is good. Now. Yeah, I, I, I ended up loving it. Yeah. And so
2: and so, I sat down for the first time and watched the 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 first episode. Uh, what is it called again? Um,
1: the nightmare begins. Maybe the
2: nightmare begins. That is correct. Which is pretty uh, good. And I immediately understood why I found the peripheral experience of Invader Zim so obnoxious. It's
1: it's all this like. <laughs> 2 by 4 section of the screen at any given moment. It's the it, one that's like yeah. hyperactively running around and screaming.
2: So that first episode was one of the few episodes that is a full like 22 minutes 30 after commercials yeah, length. Like later a, on. But yeah, yeah. There, there are a few, but after that it breaks down into each episode is comprised of two 12 minute segments which was far more digestible for me mm-hmm. um, because yeah. it was just... Um, I like I said, it made me feel like I had A D D. Like the like it's just so, so much visual stimulation, first of all, and that's the best part about it. Yes. and like, Vasquez's the fact that art it was style so
1: expensive like really yeah. shows in the animation. Like they make so I, much I, stuff happen. I
2: don't want to shit too much on this show because Jonan Vasquez's art style is so unique and just incredible and detailed that that is really something that I kind of latched onto as a good thing about this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But then it's just too much like um, that like mental illness montage of like all like, like, like someone going on a bender in a movie and they're like, walking through a dark tunnel, and there's, like, neon lights from oh, all yeah. the bars that they're going to, like, flashing around their head. Like, that's like kind of what Bender it felt does like.
1: That, when he goes <laughs> on a soberness binge, and you see all, like, the flashing lights of very mundane things. <laughs> it's just like public library or, yes. like, Bible study.
2: <laughs> or if you ever want uh, more exposure to Kevin, Mac- uh, Kevin McDonald, who voices one of the almighty tallest who rule the uh, Urken Empire, uh, the kids in the hall sketch of Girl Drink Drunk, if you've never seen that, check it out. I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere, but there is I'm a sequence sure like that it. in there. Okay. Um, but, great. yeah, like, um, the, the, the visual style was um, Caesar-inducing Yeah, in, in its beauty. Um, and yeah. then, like, the, there are just things about the humor style and the voice acting and the music that was just, it was like uh, uh, sensory overload really it is yeah I'll,
1: I'll give you that it is and it's a little bit easier to digest as a comic book because you can kind of set your own pace that's true yeah, but they're that's really true. they're really shuffling you through the security gates on the mm-hmm. uh, during the show I, yeah. I think
0: what's um what's important about this show is the age at which you first come to it like your demographic really matters more than other shows because that's true this sh- like this show came out we were kind of a prime age for it in that like almost, or just starting being teenagers, you still like the goofy sort of absurd humor of some of the very childish parts of this. But mm-hmm. you're also like, yes. oh, I've never seen anything this dark or like seriously toned before. Um, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, the, the older cool kids can be silly and weird too, but they're also cool. Like, I, it's, a, it's a very select mindset, which has become, I think it's informed a lot of our, like a lot of different internet subgroups nowadays and i think mm-hmm. this is a big common ground point for those groups
1: it is and it's a, it's a shame that i find those subgroups so kind of intolerable and in, <laughs> incessantly whiny <laughs> <laughs> like I, I was this i was that dude and i'm glad that i'm not anymore like just i don't know like yeah. he he has a very wide appeal through like goth kids in high school like i mean like there's others but like i think that's the one that i've seen it most tied to and uh, I don't yes. know. I, I just uh, I don't
2: know. No, yeah, you're right about that. Like thinking back to when I was exposed to fans of Invaders M, that that was the demographic. <laughs> like that was the click in high school that had had the merchandise, quoted the show.
0: And yeah, like draw, draw to, me like
1: almost drove trying me up the...
2: too hard to
0: like the show. Yeah. Well, it's it's yeah. supposed to be a subversive show, and once it becomes popular, it ruins the point. If you go into it clean and of a mind where like you're okay with random sensory overload inputs, it's pretty good. Um, and you know, yeah. a, 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 a a and and just to approach, be, though.
2: just to be sympathetic to the uh, the, the 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 fandom, mm. we're nerds. We understand what it's like that once you find some outlet for like like something that appeals to you in such a way that you are gonna go into it like jump in with both feet it's easy to go overboard oh yeah and so i like i and and get super defensive about it when anyone critiques it and so like i have these feelings about the show and i hold none of it against anyone including jonan vasquez
1: I like to imagine that the people who like the show to begin with, I like to imagine that they, you know, it's the whole goofiness kind of being okay. And then the horror part and like the dis- disturbing uh, presentation of it being awesome. Mm-hmm. I like to imagine that the people who got into it were just kind of of an age where they were transitioning from one to the other. Oh, you know?
0: yeah. And, and Truth Time, I really liked this show. And I In still Truth like Time it. you did? I still like it, new <laughs> truth time. I, I still like it a bit now, but I absolutely understand the perspective of people who a really just can't get into it, or b love it way too much. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, to- totally uh, understandable. I'm, I'm seeing um,
0: both sides of the coin.
1: Yeah, and so and we we can get back more into that later. I think we should probably yeah uh, retreat to, to the characters, characters again.
2: Let us return to, to to script.
1: <laughs> let's go. Let's go back to Zim. um so, of course, he, like, like I said, he's kind of suffering under this weird, like, this, this weird, like, hyper-patriotism slash gigantic ego that mm-hmm. everything that happens to him, he assumes proves Erkin's superiority or, like, that there was just a spanner in the works. Like, nothing is his fault, and he nothing happens that doesn't reinforce his worldview. Trump. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> definitely narcissistic uh, personality <laughs> disorder here and
1: make earth pay for it and so he, he doesn't just ignore he's not a bad invader because he's stupid i don't think it's just that he's
3: bonkers
1: and just doesn't ever acknowledge that his actions have negative consequences like he'll you know dib will get in his way and his, his reaction will be like, why can't he just leave me alone? It won't be like, oh, I really should have set security up or something like that.
2: Yeah. And you know, if he had any level of competence, he would rule the planet.
1: I mean, like, he does have like, a level like, of competence. He just, like he, well, can't, no, like, he with, can't go beyond himself. Um, he can't that, put himself aside.
2: There's a certain type of leadership that if they like, if, if he had the competence to match that attitude, it would be dangerous.
1: Have you seen any episodes where he was, like, kind of hyper-competent and played uh, played dib for a sucker? It's never uh, when he's on yeah, top. A, a he's thing. always
0: crawling out from the bottom. Yeah, mm. yeah. Like, yeah. He,
1: when, he, when the chips are down, he he really, like, shows his merit. Like a wounded animal.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, there, was, <laughs> there was one episode where um, his pet robot, Gur, he, like, gave him an upgrade, and told Gerda, like, okay, eliminate any threats to our mission. And Gerda's like, you, you're the biggest threat to our mission. Yeah. <laughs> you screw, you're the one who's screwing all of this up.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So the fact that Zim kind of has this hyper-competent and hyper-stupid sides to his personality, it mirrors something that we see in the human counterpart to this world, to this mm-hmm. show. You, you know, we usually have humans are stupid, there's nothing worthwhile about any of them. Except when we're looking at like very specific people. Like if we look at essentially Dr. Membrane's family, we see some merit. Like Dib is actually very loyal to his home planet and very kind of ingenious in his machinations. Um, And Dr. Membrane is apparently like the sole bastion of humanity. And I just thought that that mirroring of Zim's I, personality I and the two ways that humanity are portrayed in this show are—it was kind of—it uh, was kind of interesting mirroring. Like, I'm not—I'm not, I'm not saying...
0: certain. I'm not certain that saying that Dib or his family are, are good humans is necessarily right. I mean, they seem less crazy than everyone else, but really, I don't, he's I don't just... mean
1: morally good. I mean, like competent.
0: Right. Well, they're—they're they're not necessarily. They're just differently. Like, they're differently unhinged than everyone around them.
1: I guess that's true, but in Mm. a productive way. Like, in a proactive, driving-forth-the-species way, you know? uh, Yeah. Yeah. And I think Zim's entire character is kind of meant as a uh, lens through which we view our own human culture. Like, his difficulty with human culture kind of shows us how much it's flawed. And, like, seeing it through his eyes helps us feel like he as an at, as like an outcast is conveying Vasquez's point of view that like all humanity sucks, et cetera, et cetera.
2: Yeah, because other than the the membrane family, um, yeah, the, the humans at large are kind of presented as this collective idiocy.
1: God, they're so fucking gross, too. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, definitely. They also go out of their way to make Zim's model seem very other. I don't know if you guys noticed, but like even when he's in disguise, he's got three fingers he's got like a weird snake tongue and zipper teeth
2: mm-hmm. yeah
0: uh, uh
1: yeah a- th- and, and
2: that could go just as well to um uh illustrating his incompetence like that like he, he does such a actually poor job at disguising himself yeah <laughs> <laughs> when- <laughs> i that don't know how bad that job is like he is goes it? through
1: competent <laughs> disguises and is like these are terrible and then goes to like the very simplistic disguise and he's like oh yeah that's perfect and I guess they're good disguises because they work Yeah no fine. They work on everybody except for Dib and, I and, love and, that pan across <laughs> in the first Episode when like he's Describing himself as a normal human Worm baby and it pans across the Whole classroom being bored and then just Dib is like pointing like with A silent scream on his face
2: And then It is an extra commentary On uh Zim Slash Vasquez's possible opinion of the human species as a whole, that those uh, disguises fucking work.
1: Yeah. like Nobody
2: yeah. sees through it. It's, it's like Clark Kent with the goddamn glasses. It's, it's exactly like, like, like that.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> or He-Man when he loses the gay
2: clothes. <laughs> um, and um, it's actually an, uh, a point I just want to make real quick. Uh, someone like Dib was in that same boat of being ridiculously uselessly stupid until Zim came into his life to validate mm. every crazy thing that he believes.
1: I don't know if ridiculously stupid is the right way to put it. Um, he's definitely like marginalized and ineffectual until mm. he has like a concrete goal to work toward though mm.
2: or, or maybe the other way to look at it is that the uh, the, the collective stupidity of his peers um, is what puts him outside of them.
1: That actually yeah. gets into a larger yeah. point that I want to make about these characters being very alone within their own worlds. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, and it's really awesome, and I can't wait to get there. Let's, it's it's clearly designed the, the to appeal characters. to that
0: demographic who's probably feeling oh, yeah. a similar way.
1: Oh, no yeah. doubt. Like, it was, like incredibly, like, targeted, and, like, it was meant to do that. I, well, I hope uh, I hope this episode isn't running too long for you. <laughs> like, I just oh, no. realized that we have so much more to cover. Oh, no, no, that's fine. That's fine.
2: I'm not doing anything else today. I'm okay. other than fold the laundry I got out of the dryer just before we started. So mm. mm-hmm. you are robbing me of my opportunity to roll around in my hot laundry. So <laughs> fuck you. Okay. You,
0: you, I like. I'm comfor- I'm I, comfortable I, with that. I, I really like the idea that that was like something
2: you were super looking
0: forward to. Like just a grin on your face. Just. Mm
3: it's
1: yeah it's like on his calendar it's like a warm laundry day three exclamation points and there's like x's leading up to that day it's, like, oh, it's finally here it's circled
0: it's, uh, in red marker too yeah exactly um, <laughs> so uh we have a calendar at work uh-huh and i kind of like you know x off the days as they go and every time there's a new so it, it's held up by tape because we don't have anything like nailed to the wall or anything and every month uh, you know, I, I flip the calendar, the next page and just put up more tape over it. And it bothers, um, <laughs> bothers Charlie so much because I just I don't take the old tape off. So, <laughs> and it's almost November. So it's just a massive tape at the top holding this thing to
1: the wall. <laughs> That's ridiculous. That That, that is sad. <laughs> uh, shall we get back to it? Yeah,
0: yeah, so uh, the character of Gur, and this is sort of an appeal to the, the younger aspect of the audience's mind, this is this robotic companion that is just as unaffective as Zim is.
1: He's just as much of an outcast among his mm-hmm. own kind. Like, he doesn't really have a kind, but he's clearly, like, the defective model, you know? Whereas mm-hmm. Zim is very much considered, like, the defective Urkin invader. Right. So it's, you know, it's it's like a, it's like a match made in hell.
0: Yeah, uh, and he, he's hmm. supposed to be this helpful robot, like information retrieval bot, but he's a garbage information retrieval bot, which is what GUR <laughs> stands for. Oh, that's um, so good. And, like, he's dedicated to mission. His problem is that he regards all information as mission critical.
1: Yeah, I, I like that interpretation of his character a lot, because most of the information that he's getting is, like, television ads <laughs> oh cheese is good Excellent. Yeah, like, yeah, monkeys are like a one priority at all times um yeah and yeah. He, he is very much like intended as the um the anchor for all the goofiest and silliest and comedy and cuteness focused aspects of the show dan how do you be- feel about
2: that <laughs> <laughs> um Gert- no punches Gur seems like the kind of... Gur, uh.
1: <laughs> you're gonna make someone mad, Dan. Just let it all out.
2: Let the hate flow. Gur was the first thing that I hated about this show. Yeah, <laughs> 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 I can see that. Do you at um, least yeah. think that the dog suit he wears is adorable? <laughs> yes, as a it matter is. of fa- <laughs> as a matter of fact.
0: <laughs> the silver lining.
2: The the silver lining <laughs> is that he was far less gurish when he was in a dog suit because the dog suit meant he had to kind of behave.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but
2: like Gurr just seems like he was created just for the toy line. Like this was designed
1: to be a doll. Oh, he yeah. This is yeah. this is like Trapper Keeper covers. Yeah. Like the like like the main the main. I I don't know. Like, this is exactly what people are meant to latch onto in that demographic.
0: I'm going to dissent on this. um, (laughs) Okay. Just because I think that his role in the show is very important because, like... I do, too. He's
1: just too damn loud. He is what
0: allows Zim to fail even when Zim does things right, which we need to see to keep Zim as a credible threat.
1: Yeah, he's the spanner in the works.
2: Yeah, that's true. That that that's true. But like that that just get ba- gets back to the problem of like I I barely remember what like anything specific that happened in each of the episodes. So maybe that's I true. just didn't it, Get you know what? that it goes as beyond
1: much. Him, I'm sorry to interrupt. Um it know. goes beyond him needing a, you know, spanner in the works. Zim also needs like a lackey in order to function in his downtime. Like if he was just mm. talking to himself, not so great. But if he's like explaining stuff to to ger like Gur is the amnesiac patient that we start the video game with like every everyone just okay. needs to explain shit to him because he doesn't understand anything like we already know like zim already knows his plan and doesn't need to explain it to anyone but mm-hmm. since he has Gur, it's required to tell the audience like he's very good he's very good functionally I just I just hate everything about
3: him. Really, yeah.
2: Gur, like well, like I said, Ger was the first thing that I really didn't like about the show, and the reason is that he became a vehicle for all of the things about the show that just like didn't click with me, like the mm-hmm. the the just like the sensory overload mm. of it all. He's
1: become the, the shorthand.
0: Yeah, well, one of
1: the so, things that the show really struggles with is. Uh, I, I think, is, like, downtime. Like, mm-hmm. if they don't have enough action and, like, plot-specific, fast-paced whatever they're doing, they do, like, little weird dialogue bits that I think are... They miss a lot of the time, and a lot of the time it misses, it's because it's Gur just being zany, and it mm-hmm. just totally breaks my immersion, I guess.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's just a matter of it's it's not my comedy style.
1: I think it's objectively not very good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, you. Like, it's hard I, I def- to say that, but I think that's the case.
2: But I definitely see Zane. I, I see your point. Like, the the the, the it, it Gurr is important to the dynamic of the show. Yeah, I don't and, think it works without him. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Or or at least it would be a darker show if uh, there was no Gurr. There, like it's Zim, like like, like like Zim would be like a like like a manic depressive kind of a character because he had like he he would go on his escapades trying to conquer the earth, be terrible at it, and then go home to an empty house and cry himself to sleep or something like that. And <laughs> you, I think that you essentially
1: might... have Johnny the Homicidal Maniac when you <laughs> so, take her okay, out of the equ- okay, equation. Okay,
2: okay, you are you keep giving me reasons to check out Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. <laughs>
1: I'm not going to say it's like the best book ever because it's not, but it's it'll like be, it if sounds you like, like anything be. about Invader Zim, you're going to mm-hmm. like it more in Jive Homicidal Maniac. I think I,
2: I will have to just give it a shot.
1: You know, they do have a foil to Johnny's kind of you know manic depressive uh, homicidal uh, personality in that mm. by like in the form of several kind of uh, uh, what are they called? like imaginary friends I guess for for lack of a better world Mm -hmm. for lack of a better word and uh (laughs) He, he, for lack of a better world, <laughs> being <laughs> that, very poetic. That, yeah, that, a, that,
2: that sounds like a way you open, like, a gripe about society. For lack of a better world.
1: Yeah. I'm, like, speaking in an amphitheater to onlookers. Like, I'm a doomsayer or something.
2: By the way, I'm going to write that down. I'm saving that line. If for I'm lack of a better it. world? For lack of a better world.
1: <laughs> I'm happy, happy to help with your, with your next venture. It, it sounds like a
2: lovely rhetorical device for the future. <laughs> yeah,
1: but uh, yeah, for for lack of a better word, uh, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac has these imaginary friends, which are like Gur in terms of like having someone that he can talk to, but don't have their own, but but don't serve the wackiness quotient.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay.
1: But beyond that, there's not really a lot to Gur, and I think I'm done with him.
0: Yeah, and there's actually not a ton of other. Like super important characters, like they all play their roles, but mm. this show is so caught up in the rivalry between uh, uh, Zim and Dib.
1: Yeah, we should talk about we should talk about Dib specifically. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Dib, or also known as Agent Mothman, <laughs> 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 Dan, did you ever did you did you notice any of like the secret society, society of society? the Swollen Eye? <laughs> <laughs> the swollen mem- like the swollen eye eyeball Society <laughs> that- in the show. That,
2: that, uh, I, I'm not sure if I got to an episode, I'm not sure how far into the show that comes up. Have um, you ever
1: seen, did you see the one where, uh, Dib needs, like, a permission slip, so he has yes. to go find his dad?
2: Yes. That was one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> <That was laughs> so good, because it's so good. only Dib being, like, frustrated yeah, was with everybody thing. shitting on him all the time. Like, if, if Dib were the main character, I probably would have loved the show.
1: <laughs> I, I gotta say, I really love Dib. I think he's great. Like, I identify a lot with dib so i want to talk about the swollen eyeball society before please. i talk about dib
3: please do because please it's do. so
1: like unnecessarily like mystical and cultish <laughs> Which is very funny to me because we already have that in our world, but they're just entirely ignored. Like, all the UFO nuts are just categorically ignored for being crazy. But in this world, they're, like, the pinnacle of, like, these are the gatekeepers. These are the people who keep humanity in check, you know? And they're they're like the Illuminati in this show. (laughs) They're watching
0: out for mythical creatures like the Frankinchoki.
1: The and Coco Fang. (laughs) Coco Fang. Yes.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, the thing I loved about Dib uh, Dib's character and everything that goes on in his world is just how it's just a wonderful riff on, um, yeah, like the conspiracy theorist kind of X Files, like lone gunman kind of uh, c- kind of groups, and like just giving them the satisfaction of their worldview actually being right for once. Like mm-hmm. a, a lot of good comedy came out of that.
1: Yeah, he he's kind of the only place of security, like our only place of security in this whole show. Like everything looks very gross except for his house. Everybody mm. looks gross except for him and Zim specifically. Like I think he's like our our oasis in the desert as far as this environment as far as this environment goes. And and I really like the relationship between Dib and Zim because they we we want both of them to win and Whenever both of them are fighting, that just, like, builds this really awesome tension where we don't really care how it develops. We just, we like the, we like, I like the contrast. Yeah, the spectacle of it. Right, and it turns from a, you know, battle for my country to a battle against this person. It becomes much more personal and and a really compelling rivalry, I thought, because they're so similar.
3: Yeah, and, yep, like, the,
2: the the one competent thing that I can really point out about Zim is him really recognizing Dib as a threat. They have
1: a really good worthy foe thing going on.
2: Yeah, there's a healthy, yeah, like, a healthy respect between enemies kind of Definitely. thing. Like, like, that's the one thing that Zim kind of gets right, is that if Dib gets this out, he's yeah. screwed. The men in black right. will be on their way.
1: Yeah, that's the really cool part about this show is that Zim clearly has the superior technology, but the but Dib has like the home field advantage, and it just balances the scales enough so that neither one can really fit can really finish the other one off. Like I love the balancing act that they set up between these two sides, and they just maintain it for the whole show pretty effectively.
0: Well, hmm. I mean, part of it's helped by the fact that there's a a good lack of continuity from episode to episode.
1: Like, people... <laughs> that's, that's true. Yeah,
0: characters die. Yeah. Whole planets are destroyed, but it's, it's business as usual by next episode. I mean,
1: sometimes Zim and Dib turn into sausages and it's just <laughs> entirely ignored in the next I forgot episode. forgot about that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Th- there's there's a lot of graphic really good, murders. Like, there's some really good mirroring between the two as well. Like, for all that they're similar and patriotic and, like, the only people who are really recognizing this interplanetary conflict for what it is uh, there you have some really good like reversals too like zim's predicament his exile is in his mind not a slight against him by his people but dib is very clearly aware that he's stigmatized by his own world so it's like they both they're both cast aside from their peers but they both handle it in very different ways
0: and on Dib's part, part of it is is jealousy as well, because Zim fits in kind of fine.
1: <laughs> Better than Dib does, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah and, and I think I want to break from characters, unless anyone wants to talk about Gaz, which, no, they don't. No.
0: I do no, want to mention right that um, their school teacher, Miss Bitters, is
2: voiced by Smurfette.
1: Miss Bitters oh, is great. <laughs>
2: yeah, Miss Bitters is great.
1: She she like contorts her body like a rattlesnake, complete with like snake sounds. And if there's ever gonna be absurd physical like, like like absurd physical surreal comedy, it's gonna happen from her. Like she'll float over to the door, and then her legs will descend from her dress like with like with the truck noise. Yeah, 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 it's exactly. It's so crazy. She'll like yeah. hang up a phone and it'll like burst into flame and a tiny ghost will pop out. It's so like, weird. Like
0: there's there's so much more there that's just not explored at all.
1: <laughs> yeah, she she's like a I don't know. She's like she's like in universe witch that just <laughs> like you could interact just with hang her. Out. Yeah, she she's other supernatural shit that's going down. Um I do yeah. like that a lot.
2: Mm. Give that give that woman a spinoff.
1: <laughs> I think she's she's from uh, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac or one of other Joan and Vasquez work. Like I, th- I think that's why okay. her character is so strong is because she's like developed into different work. Um, All right. Yeah. Okay, so let me get to my thesis for the show, if you don't mind. Please, yep, please do. And then I'll stop talking so much because I've really been steamrolling. <laughs> um, <laughs>
2: Don't worry about
1: it. I'll try not to. So when I was talking about how Dib and Zim are both kind of, um, they're both dealing with being excised from their own countrymen, so to speak. These are two people who are dealing with loneliness in very different ways. And both of them use that loneliness to motivate them to prove themselves. But it's not the only example of, loneliness in this show like this this show is full of characters who are alone in one way or another like dibs dad for example is so removed from his actual family that he can only afford to have dinner with them one night a year because he's married to science you know he's married to the job and Mm -hmm. he's using that loneliness to propel him to create you know um gur is a lesser example like he clearly like hero worships his master zim but Zim treats him very, he's, he's pretty abusive to him when he's not downright ignoring him. So Gur compensates by having, like, a social life outside of his master, which is, I'm sure you could make a very queasy, like, abusive boyfriend relationship narrative out of that if you really I like. don't even
0: know. I think that sounds like he's got the healthiest, like, way of coping with problems at work. My, <laughs> like, he's going is, out and having fun. Yeah,
1: yeah. My point is this. Making friends they with are all dealing with loneliness in different ways, but accepting their loneliness is not one of those ways. Like they all need a way to deal with the fact that they're alone in their worlds, much in the way that everyone needs a way to deal with death, whether it be like denial or making excuses or pretending it's not there. You don't just leave that revelation alone, right? And it's, it's an interesting,
0: like, commentary in that. The characters who are alone are the only ones we think of as characters. Everyone else is just them.
1: Yeah, like cattle almost. Like subhuman. Mm-hmm. Like not people who could appreciate loneliness.
3: Yeah. God. Um.
2: Oh my god, Ben.
3: Sorry, Dan. Uh, Oh man, oh man.
2: You just just opened my eyes so much to this show.
1: (laughs) I only came up with it yesterday. I was like, oh my god. And think about, I'll I'll give you one more piece of uh, evidence. Everyone has a three-letter name that we care about. Yep. Three is like an odd man out kind of number, isn't it? It's like a wheel. This is very intentional. (laughs) And it gets
0: better. Because when you take into the fact, uh, the demographics, like the weird kids that watch this show, they're like, oh, I'm alone because I'm smart and important. Mm -hmm. And things just go wrong. And everyone else in the universe is dumb and gross and stereotypically American or part of an empire. I I think the word you're looking
1: for is sheeple, my dear. dear Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's so So. true. When you're in that (laughs) hole everyone around you they're so shallow just like just like just like watching people go about the happiness of just going about Ignorance
3: you start to bliss. get
2: you start to get very bitter about it and then you start to characterize them as
1: sheeple yeah that's kind of, oh my god and none of our I main want,
0: characters even consider joining them like abandoning what they're doing because yeah, wow. it's, it's, it's still better than that
1: yeah, they only, like, do so to keep up appearances. Like, Zim goes out of his way to appear normal by appearing, like... He, he like, mocks himself. He's like, no, I'm just normal. I'm another stupid worm wormling human earthanoid. <laughs> like, he, he downgrades himself to put himself amongst everybody else.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That... <laughs> I didn't... I... <laughs> it's, it's not so bad, huh? <laughs> that, that 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 is a completely fresh perspective for me to look at the show and life in general <laughs> i didn't even realize it either I'm,
0: I'm like
3: happy nice, nice out, ben.
2: I did, yeah that was a really th- that's really insightful
1: you can take that disguise off now dan you're oh, safe here. you're not an alien
2: uh, i wonder if nick like actually something that i was just thinking um too i wonder if nickelodeon understood what jonan vasquez was doing with the show um huh.
1: What, like reaching out to the disenfranchised?
2: Something like that. But also, I kind of wonder if some of the problems that I've had with the show is... I don't know if Jonan Vasquez is, like, into the idea of selling out to Nickelodeon, so maybe he kind of went overboard on certain things just to just, just to grate on them to see what he could get away with.
0: Um, um, definitely possible. I, I like, like,
2: like if he kind of did yeah. it to... Like, like he kind of did some of the overdoings just to make fun of Nickelodeon's expectations for what makes a hit show.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that, uh, like, like, it or, has...
2: Or, or have I, am I giving him too much credit?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I don't... I can't describe personal intent to him. Like, I think mm-hmm. his his work is so uniformly this message. Like, mm-hmm. in again, Johnny Homs, Sinomaniac, you see this message a lot of him being other than everybody else and feeling very alone, and that causes him to withdraw more and more. This message is so central to his his work that I would be surprised if he did it like as a selling point. Like I think he just <laughs> happened to do it and people picked up on it. Okay, yeah, I I, I, I believe that. I have one uh-huh. other uh, example of uh, a loneliness as a as a theme for this show, uh-huh. which is the actual races of Earth and Irk. Also, Irk three letters. I'll stop talking about it.
2: Um. <laughs> now you're starting to get into, like, Dib-level conspiracy theorist <laughs> territory.
3: Yeah. Where's yeah. your
2: tinfoil hat?
3: Yeah.
1: Well, the, diff- the only difference between Dib and Dale Gribble is that Dib happens to be right. Uh, yeah. So And a few packs a day. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, and his poor emphysematic lungs. The uh, So without the knowledge earth without the knowledge of aliens assume that they're alone propelling them to search the stars themselves or just give up like those are the two responses you can have but whereas irk is alone in like i assume is alone as you know we are the technologically advanced intelligent species among this universe so you know it's like an irk man's burden like let's share our greatness with everybody by like causing them to submit to our superiority. Like, kind yeah, of Loki I'm, I'm not from different. the
0: Avengers. I'm not different because I'm worse. I'm different because I'm better and everyone needs to know it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Which is the same thing that Dib does, really. Like, Urk has to prove that they're better than human sort of, sorts. Like, uh, like lesser species such as humans. And Dib has to prove that he's better than all the other humans by, like, exposing them. Yeah. And that's yeah. all I have to say about that. um Bra-
2: bravo, Ben. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: you, feel, you got it. Yeah, I that's
3: definitely something
2: bad. to think about. Yeah. I, I almost wonder if it would be worth uh, going back to the show in less of a bingey way because mm-hmm. i I did all of my all my real homework for this episode over the last two days. Mm-hmm. So maybe like like loading it all on. Mm-hmm. was probably too much but I should take my time and re-watch the show with that theme in mind that you just brought up there's a i'm I'm thinking back to dis-
0: like select episodes in my head and like that's very prevalent
1: yeah mm-hmm. yeah did yeah you, I, uh... I definitely
2: see where you're coming from
1: did you see uh <laughs> I, I, know, I know this is just kind of like rant. The only reason I'm bringing this up is to bring up an episode that I liked. But uh, <laughs> Dan, did you happen to see the episode entitled Room with a Moose?
2: Um, <laughs> let me scan through. No, I don't think I made it to that one. I
1: think you would have remembered this one. <laughs> no, I didn't. I <laughs> this know. is one of the best episodes. No, It's pretty I incredible. It.
2: Actually, I think that was the next episode beyond where I stopped.
1: I'm going to have to recommend that one to you because okay. in addition to not having very much Gurr and mostly focusing <laughs> on Zim and Dib kind of having a rivalry, okay. it All also right. has, like, one of the best, like, jokes in the, in the whole series, <laughs> to my mind, <laughs> just, like, how weird it is. Um, yeah. I don't know. Should I go through the, like, premise of it? Like, it's so, it's too weird to even describe, really, <laughs> but yeah. the entire uh, the entire School. plot of it is, like, Zim, dib goes on this bus trip with all of his classmates except for zim because zim has hijacked the bus to fly into a wormhole and he's trying to decide which wormhole to send them to in like increasingly like he's like i'm glad that you're appreciating this dib I could send you to a a zone of pure itchiness or pure dookie or something like that. And then he's like, But no, I'm going to subject you to the worst torment of all a room with a moose. And Dib's like, No, wait, what? What are you doing? (laughs) And he just close ups on this moose, like stamping on walnuts. And they're like, Dib just very quickly becomes very nervous and like distraught by this. Fate Worse Than Death is so fucking weird. The show
2: keeps throwing curveballs. I know. I'm going to have to continue on. Okay, I'm I'll I'll, I'll rework my my plan. I'm not going to go back to any of the episodes that I've watched already. Yeah. But I'm going to finish at least the first season. Okay. With I, I, that 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 is my that is my pledge to you. I do want to ask cast you.
0: I do want to ask, did you see the episode Dark Harvest? Because huh. um, this, this episode really... That yes. is the one where yes, they're stealing organs. Yes, the organs. That, that episode exemplifies like what I find genuinely terrifying about this show. This sort mm-hmm. of Cronenbergian body horror plus just creepy concepts and surrealism. Like in this mix that just sticks in my mind. And I do yeah. recall liking that episode.
1: God damn it, Dan! Like, there's like,
0: <laughs> I yeah. think this is something
1: that's happened. before. I love all the
2: things that scare you, Zane. Yeah, the, this,
1: <laughs> like the Inside Out gas with a uh, with with The Simpsons, yes. the Treehouse of horror, yes. and you found it hilarious. And Zane and I were horrified.
3: <laughs>
1: and this, like this I said, I've got a very episode different of form. Zim, like stalking. Through the halls of the school, like it's a fucking Resident Evil game or Silent Hill or something. It was and like stealing the, children's organs. It was like
2: the one episode God. where you really felt the menace of the yeah. Urken invasion.
1: Yeah, it, like this is one of those episodes where, like, <laughs> Zim is an alien invader and I had forgotten about it with all the bullshit that they threw in my face about Gerd. Yeah, the,
0: the episode immediately prior where he makes meat out of napkins. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just. <laughs> like this show
0: does this it throws you it like like you said it segregates these ideas so severely that you like you don't know what to make of it
1: i'm reminded of the grim adventures of billy and mandy where they like subvert scary shit through the sidelines like when you're not expecting it Mm -hmm. um but here it's that was such a visceral moment that i i couldn't get past it like they're a little too heartless to their own characters for my liking in this show. <laughs> I, I don't think it's too much to say that when you're watching this show, you're pretty invested in Dib, you know?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Or, or Zim, really, but Dib is the one who's going to have horrible shit happen to him. And I don't like anything bad to happen to my... to, to, you know, my main characters, I guess. We've run
2: into this... Yeah, you and I have run into this before. I remember I showed you the... Uh, the British sitcom Peep Show.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: and, like, you, you couldn't... Like, it's, it's one of my all-time favorite... Like, it's one of the funniest shows to me, and I absolutely love it. And you could not get over just how much of the humor came from, like, the humiliation that the main characters undergo for yeah, their... I, like, I mean, I guess that's kind
1: of <laughs> different. Like, that's an emotional thing, but they're not dissimilar. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, this is the moment where I realized that I just had this visceral, like, I, I can't sit through people being treated badly or like feeling that bad like there's a, like a there's just an upper limit to my tolerance for that to the point at which when you were watching that i kept making excuses to get up and like go wash my hands or use the restroom of just like hope that it was over
2: oh so now i have to remember that i mean like now yeah yeah definitely
1: and they use um, it as a joke like, an image of Dib getting turned inside out as, like, a background gag or Zoom. Yeah, like, oh, kids will love this. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of... <laughs> kids are heartless. Yeah. Let's, like, l- let us not forget. For fuck's sake. Like, I mean, <laughs> read the room, Vasquez. <laughs> like, we don't want... I mean, I don't want that. I guess some people do if you were that into it, Dan, but...
2: um, Yeah, like, the, I think the things that... Y- you don't like in that effect or probably some of the moments and that's the thing I liked moments about the show but I couldn't say that like other than maybe um Dark Harvest like any single like complete episode or segment that really I liked but the there were moments that really I enjoyed like, and they uh, and they're probably going to be like those that make you uncomfortable.
1: <laughs> well, one that made me uncomfortable in a way that I really enjoyed was I think one of the first few episodes, called, I think it's called Nano Zim, where they where he yes. like, shrinks down to enter Dib's body and like try to erase his memories of a place that he hid evidence against Zim, yeah, and then says, "I'm going to proceed to like make you dumb," and that just ugh, like made me cringe and feel like very vulnerable.
0: Yeah, it's it's this weird vulnerability that, like, for those two, like, someone stealing your organs or making you dumb, okay, those are, I mean, if you want to get technical, those are things that can happen. (laughs) But, like, these are vulnerabilities that are so internal, literally, and personal that, like, you don't even, like, acknowledging that those are vulnerabilities that we as humans have is terrifying on a real, like, like visceral and just existential level.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is why, um, this is why, Invader of the Body Snatchers kind of works so well for me. Like that 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 entire idea of like, or, or like any kind of like alien infection that starts to change you from the inside <laughs> out. Like, do you guys remember District 9 before it got all stupid?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I do.
1: (laughs) Like, that was pretty, like, seeing him slowly transform into something that wasn't him, like, that was pretty creepy, and it would have been so much worse if his mind had actually also been altered, but it was just, like, his physical form, which is still pretty bad, but so much worse is the idea of, like, killing someone from the inside or, like, changing their brain patterns. So then, one of the
0: rough ones for me was uh, the one where Zim throws things back in time to ruin Dib's
1: life retroactively. Oh my god! This, yeah, like somebody mm. from the future hates you and wants you to die and is able to do it on a whim. Like it's so personal. It yeah, can't. It is. Yeah, you can't defend against it. You can't. There's nothing that you can do, and it's a lot like an alien invasion. What can you, as this underpowered, technologically simpleton, like? human being what can you do to stop someone wanting to kill you from a like from a million miles and decades in the future away Is that power no difference defense. yeah
0: our only defense is the idea that maybe they're stupid
1: and the whole power difference thing is what really makes horror games work too like a thing that Resident yeah. Evil and Silent like Amnesia you have no verb set for fighting the monsters and that makes it so terrifying
2: Mm-hmm. yeah you, you, you can only run and hide exactly. that's all you can do yeah.
1: So there is horror to
2: be had in this show. You've, you, there, there were like truly horrifying things that, that oh, came yeah. up. It wasn't. It wasn't just all. Uh, Tickles and Jigglypuffs. Yeah,
1: but like. Well, like, yeah, but like both, uh, yeah. <laughs> tickles
2: and Jigglypuffs. That's your next book after um, <laughs> For Lack of
0: a Better World. <laughs> I, <yes. laughs> well, that's the subtitle. <laughs> the, the, it, both tickles wonderful and book Tickles and Jigglypuffs, I believe,
1: was right next to the Iron Maiden as a as a medieval torture device.
3: <laughs> the Tickler.
2: Uh, so, yeah, look out. Uh, k- keep your eyes on the bookshelves for my manifesto, For Lack of a Better World. <laughs> yeah. It's um, such a perfect title for a manifesto. Uh,
3: but tickles we and Jigglypuffs
0: about... will be the follow-up. <laughs> these um, these these dark moments, like we said, it usually just comes through in the atmosphere. And uh, if you guys are open to moving to animation, very much, please. I think that this is a huge part of it. Just the I, the the word that kept coming to my mind was severe. People are ugly and misshapen, and the lines are just so sharp and angular. I'm mm. like. I feel it's like claustrophobic.
1: I uh, I thought I that there was that. some like good germaphobia that was kind of sprinkled into this setting because everything seems to be festering. Yeah, like even the structure, like especially like the buildings and cars and stuff look like they're rotting. Like, cause all the angle, like it does have sharp angles, but they're not the right sharp angles. Yeah, they're they're weird. They're like just, just Euclid is just spinning in his grave. Like, none of the lines really match up how they should.
2: Non-Euclidean geometry, thank you, H.P. Lovecraft.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, there is a little bit of that in here.
2: Yeah, but, like, the, the uh, one of the most effective things about the show is the animation style. Like, as far as setting that atmosphere and just looking, l- looking the way you're supposed to feel.
3: Yeah, um, and they,
0: they hit home on that otherness because it's it's standard 2D animation, but they add in 3D for, like, alien stuff or fight sequences. Mm-hmm.
2: So it pops.
1: Yeah. And even when they're doing the 2D animation, like, I think just the setting is really selling an otherness that, like, yes, it's our world, but it's this weird take on our world where we're not really supposed to trust our own surroundings. Like, there's just a lot of creep factor in and of the human society without any alien incursion like we recognize things like pizza places and school and ice cream trucks but it's all a really creepy shadow zone version like it's like slowly i don't know that it's they're trying to like i think it's supposed to be an ongoing critique of like commercial modern society but it just looks Mm -hmm kind of gross and like unnerving like school is spelled wrong and yeah, yeah really looks bad there's like an ice cream truck i don't remember what episode it was i think it was the first one where there's an ice cream truck that instead of like a green sleeves or an ice cream j- jingle it just like in this creepy monotone goes like you like ice cream you like ice cream you love it you cannot exist without ice cream like it's like really like really bizarre and like oppressive and that's without any Zim stuff happening.
2: Yeah that that's yeah. just that's just background.
1: It's just this is like a weird, dumb, gross Earth.
2: Mm. Um. I, I, uh, possibly to add to that, I was just reading through the production notes on uh, Wikipedia for the mm-hmm. uh, w- Wikipedia, one of the grandest things on the uh, in the world. Yes. Um. <laughs> it's
1: where we get all of our information.
2: The biggest, end quote, the biggest difference that he cites is the change from working alone to working with thousands of people at Nickelodeon. A corporate commercial enterprise, something that is completely foreign to him previously, he called it an absolute misery working for Nickelodeon. So so I, I, maybe maybe that adds into my previous theory that he was kind of like... Just doing it to express his distaste for the creative situation he was in. I love like, the idea that he like made these people it gross.
0: Like, I love like, that he made these people gross, and they're like, "Ha! Look at how stupid those people look." Yes, those people. <laughs>
1: I think it's <laughs> I think it's broader than that because he also pokes fun at himself. Like mm-hmm. I think he's in a couple of scenes where he's just kind of torturing himself. Like mm. when uh, Zim is picking disguises, one of the disguises that he throws away as too ugly is is Joan and Vasquez. <laughs> it's like a depiction of Jonan and Vasquez. All
2: right, <laughs> yeah, the, the oppressive definitely is the word for the atmosphere that the the, uh, the animation.
1: Yeah, words. And, and that's actually carried out through the characters that we're looking at because they all mm. have expressions that are dubious or suspicious, like paying a lot they they pay a lot of attention to character expressions no one's ever um at peace or like relaxed everyone's always and no one (laughs) smiles
0: and no one smiles unless somebody else is getting hurt
1: yeah and and like if they are smiling all the time it's because they're basically brain dead in this setting Mm -hmm. um you know i was okay yeah go ahead
2: uh, Well, I was about to go off on a tangent. So, if you please have do. a more if if you have a more concise point about Invader Zim to make, please, no, please do. I want
1: to hear a tangent from you, Dan. Well,
2: I I wonder how much Joan and Vasquez knows about East Germany.
1: You know, <laughs> I was is, wondering when you were going to bring up East Germany.
2: I know it, it, <laughs> we're a little overdue. Well, he, here's the reason why. I actually only learned this maybe two like a week or two ago. um... So East Germany, of course, we all know it as the uh, post-World War II communist holding after, um, after Germany was carved up sure, uh, everyone after, the, after the war. Um, now, they were part of the international community, really a part. They couldn't be their own thing. So they were uh, sort of subject to a lot of the taboos of uh, the rest of the world, one of which includes using the penal code against political opponents and dissidents. Mm. So what they did is that they developed uh, the the, uh, the, the state security service, uh, the Stasi, uh, they developed a way to deal with political dissidents that is so diabolically creative (laughs) that it feels like... Some of the themes that Invader Zim that we've just been talking about, you Ben and Zane, uh, yeah, uh, that that you've brought up just uh, moments ago, kind of fits in. The technique was known as um, Zersetzung, which is a German word that doesn't really translate well in very salty. Well, the the, the best
3: (laughs) Zane knows a little German. The best no, just Just a little apparently.
2: The best translation that you can really do to give like the word pretty much means like biodegradation, and like and and just like looking at the atmosphere of Invader Zim, it's very like like rotten almost. Mm -hmm. And what this technique was is they had first um, field agents would surveil a target and gather up personal information, information about your work life, your relationships uh your habits and things like that and then they would the the act of in in the uh in that society was to then start to use that information to begin interfering in your life and engineering misfortunes so that you would be so exhausted by all of the stress caused by what's been happening in your life that you wouldn't have the energy to engage in... Political dissent. So oh they would plot of the show. So they would it's arrange. One to one. So they would arrange misfortunes in your work life. Make sure that your projects fail. They would uh, send agents to seduce you and ruin your marriage. Yes. Um, that th- th- they would send people into your life to just Dude, like. Is this the thing that just, actually to, like,
3: happened? It's so <laughs> terrible. It's, it's but, but, very
2: salty. This was what this was what East Germany did to political <laughs> uh, 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 dissidents.
3: That's so great. Dead. This is this is
1: what Dale Gribble purports happened when he had a son. Like, it's like, I know that he's not my son because aliens took, like, impregnated my wife so that I'd have a long life distraction so that I couldn't get in their way. So... What the... F-
3: I can't believe that this is real. This is like... This is
2: definitely real. This is a real thing. There's an entire Wikipedia page dedicated to explaining the process and like some of the things that the the secret police would do, and they would just like fuck with your life. And just... I
1: love I love the concept of secret societies that are like I don't know like they're orchestrated through kind of benign means. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this one book that I that I read recently um, called Bad Monkeys, which is sort of this covert worldwide organization um Ethan re- recommended this book to me because I'm kind of into secret societies as a concept yeah, yeah. and the, the basics of it are uh, that I mean like the basic plot that they go with is that people whom are generally bad for the world are removed Mm-hmm. Like they're referred to as bad monkeys in the mixture or bad monkeys in the batch or whatever and okay. they like are assassinated essentially just so that the human race can progress. But I love how reality is like a step down from that where they just kind of mess with them. <laughs> <laughs> they just like piss on their chowder. That's <laughs> it's just like, yeah, that's enough. It's a
0: bit more dire than that. There, there's, there's
1: there's no need to there's no need to, you know, oh. do too much here.
2: Um, but no, for some reason that Invader Zim got me thinking about. There's song, and like,
3: <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean that, you that's essentially
1: what? what like Div and Zim are doing to each other is like mm-hmm. providing just enough resistance that they can't do what they want.
0: Mm. It reminds this is this is a tangent of that tangent. It's fine. Um, <laughs> We're in the right time for it. The... <laughs> The the intersection of the Germans and um, Invader Zim, you know, <laughs> destroying somebody's mind. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: do you... Uh, Dan, oh, did yeah, you like ever see... Ludevico and Ben, Vico do you test. remember...
0: Ben, do you remember um, the Pinky and the Brain episode with the Schmierskehörben? <laughs> uh, no. The dance?
1: <laughs> of course I don't, think.
0: <laughs> no, here's what they did. Uh, this global conspiracy invented this popular dance and when people did the dance, they would touch these pressure points that would make them stupid.
1: <laughs> Wait. Yes, I And they I do. used that I do to, remember corral
0: the, to corral the populace. Was this
1: the Fist of the North Star villain? This was a three-part
0: pinky in the brain. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus.
2: I remember the Schmerzgehoven. Wave your hands in
3: the air like you won a big prize. by yourself on the head
1: and cross your eyes. Yeah, Gad Brain! Oh, I mean, pork pie! You're doing the schmierska
0: Of course I am, Fez. Everybody's doing it.
2: Pinky, the day I do the schmierska is the day I've lost my mind.
1: E-gad! Maybe Brain has lost his mind! <laughs> oh my Schmiers- god. <laughs> hey, schmierska Alright. Uh, the weird thing about you guys talking about so much, like, German shit is that... <laughs> Juan Vasquez is a French name, as far as I can tell. I think he's Mexican. I don't I don't know what he is. Vasquez sounds pretty French to me. It doesn't sound German is the point.
2: It's definitely not. No. <laughs> yeah, it's but neither. Like, but like the things that kind of go that actually like It's a throw out to Dib. Because Dib's whole thing is that he sees crazy shit that may or may not be happening. And the fact that it actually starts to happen to him is something that is so like unsettling to him and the world at large that that kind of feeds into his isolation is that it just seems ridiculous that anything like this is actually happening, but it actually can happen because it has happened (laughs) and it is happening right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I like, I like the character of Dib a whole lot. You know, what's funny is that if, if he wasn't justified, his, his character arc would be so much more depressing. Like, if Zim yeah. never showed up, he'd just, like, be a crackpot theorist that got ignored by everyone and, like, he, never found oh, job man. satisfaction.
2: Grow up, get really into Alex Jones. Like, Oh,
1: man. Every time that shows up on my feed, I'm like, I don't know, man. It's like, yeah.
2: Like, I, 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 I yeah. Just a writer for Infowars, probably. <laughs>
1: um let's get back into a couple other things in animation yeah sure yeah uh, yeah (laughs) i I don't know if any of either you guys uh noticed this but um they regularly end the episode with kind of a weird experimentalist like something really out of place and disconnected with the rest of the episode it seems like to me
0: can you give an example yeah
1: yeah. one where i think zim has his like zim is calling to for help or something like that and Gurr is just like stirring this cake batter and singing to himself and then it slows down and just he does that for another 10 seconds it just hmm. and that's just like how they decide to outro the episode hmm. like they don't really know how to end it so they just end it and make it weird
0: there's a lot of like zooming out and letting the audience fill in what's happening hmm I, I don't like know. Like, your imagination is worse than what's happening?
1: I think it's just, like, weird... Little weirdness details for the sake of being weird. There's a lot of those. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a ger moment whenever any of those happen.
2: Yeah, I didn't uh, specifically catch that, but I'm sure it's there.
1: Well, at least at the very least, we can probably agree that the episodes end worse than they start, with which is the <laughs> intro.
2: Yeah.
1: And, oh, yeah. Which, which is... I love this intro. I uh-huh. think this is really great.
0: <laughs> it kind of sets you up. You know, you you see the tallest looking at him like, "Uh, oh, this guy yeah, is smacked. Yeah, we... Smacked into his spaceship." Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. And like the the Imperial Death March of the Urkan Empire is playing yeah. through the background.
0: That I, I was like, "This is just like Darth Vader remix. 29. What's happening?"
1: And then then there's even like a like they go through the entire first episode in case you weren't there for the first episode they tell you everything that you need to know complete with like little character vignettes with like backgrounds that sort of suit them and then zim laughing on top of the earth like as though it's been captured and then we realize that it's in a thought bubble and a couch gag where he's just doing something very mundane and disconnected with being an invader
3: yeah
1: <laughs> and it's pretty funny every time to me dan did you uh did you notice anything about the intro like that um, or did you kind of not pay it too much attention?
2: I didn't. I didn't pay too much attention, especially after a while.
1: Um, the couch gags are pretty funny because, like, one of them will yeah. just be him kind of quizzical and Ger sucking on a fire hydrant. Mm. Like, so he's imagining conquering the world, but then he's just doing dumb shit that he gets caught up in his disguise. Or he'll be like in the bathroom just smiling.
3: Mm. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I, I just like that. Disparity yeah. between his goals and what he's actually doing from episode to episode.
0: <laughs> yeah. The the music is, I, I think it gives you a good idea of the atmosphere. I think they use the audio for atmosphere very effectively. Yeah, like talk the about booming, the music. The booming quality gives it momentum and tension.
1: Well, like I'm saying, percuss- percussive death march is kind of the order of the day in this.
2: It's booming, you know. It's kinda like was... a
0: kind of like Inception.
2: If there was half as much music in within the episode, it might not have been as hard for me. Oh yeah, yeah. Like the music at times got distracting to me. No kidding. It wasn't. It wasn't bad, but like there were there were moments where just like my personal my personal tastes, I would have preferred less noise.
1: One thing that that's I interesting
0: because they they have less music during the silly scenes. I
1: think. Mm. Perhaps I, I didn't really notice that. Uh, One part that I really did like was that, um, you know, when we're having a Zim is confronted with evidence that he dislikes or something like that, he'll kind of rage against the heavens. He'll just be like, you lie, you lie. And whenever he like, like kind of abandons his composure, it's usually punctuated with like this really quick bit of his like kind of death march theme. Mm. Which I really just like. cut in there, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. Zane, you, you you do have a point that like that. There's less music in the really silly moments. The 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 music to me really came out while like Zim might be on his high horse about something, or he like the like the the the, the wild plotting that kind of thing, and then there would just be booming music kind of going on. And mm-hmm. if, if if it was just like dialed back a little bit. I, I think um, I
1: actually really appreciated how in your face it was for those moments. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's not to say that you're wrong. It's just, I, uh, I thought that... Well, they were... <laughs> well, thank you for not saying... I'm... Yeah. <laughs> well, I, mean, I, well, I don't want well, to discount your a... opinion, so I don't think that I am. Well, I just enjoyed yeah. how much it was punctuating the moments where Zim was being bombastic, mm-hmm. which is a lot of where that was.
2: Yeah, yeah. And honestly, I mean, that was my opinion previously... Like I said, I'm, I'm gonna go back and rewatch some of the show, mm. with with some of these new perspectives that you've given me, um, and see if there's any difference. Well, and,
1: definitely take a a good look at the music again because yeah, yeah. Like I think this is one of maybe the best parts of like they don't just skimp on the music because they did the animation right. I think they mm. also did the music very right because it's mm. always very like somber or bombastic percussion and that isn't what nick does (laughs) so it's yeah like this is why no one believes that it came from nickelodeon because it's different by every metric you know Mm -hmm. it's not just different in this way no it's different across the board and nick has a history of being pretty cheerful and upbeat and like kind of if there are action scenes they're pretty optimistic these are Mm -hmm. all like fight for survival type music for for the action scenes or chase scenes mm-hmm. like it's very intense. And,
0: um, and i like how much thought they put into it you know it was clearly very it was crafted with a lot of detail and attention i, I especially think yeah. that the voices and the sound effects are spot on mm-hmm. like you can hear their footfalls as they walk yeah um, just a lot of attention to detail here the, yeah uh, there's,
2: the, there's really nothing that's um haphazard
1: I think that's probably a function of it being kind of an auteur vision by Vasquez mm-hmm. to oh, the yeah. point at which it makes me wonder if Vasquez wanted like I know I'm harping on this a lot but it's like the only mm-hmm. misstep in the show that I am really harangued about I'm wondering if Gur was supposed to be like he is in Vasquez's mind you know oh you mean like yeah. was
0: it a compromise with Nickelodeon I'm wondering I, w-
2: I wouldn't be surprised um, uh,
1: like he has you know there is um precedence for him adding goofy shit mm-hmm. but it's not usually that loud from my memory yeah and granted this is aimed at kind of a younger audience so that might be a, just a self-concession that he made um and in certain ways i really do like ger in certain parts so i think he probably intended ger to be there for the most part it's just like a, a random thing i was wondering. Yeah, every, everything like, else it, is so considered and it works. And then he, this mm-hmm. seemed like it was considered and then just kind of didn't work.
2: Yeah, like Gur g- g- definitely, mm-hmm. If it if, if feels like Gur has to be there. But some of like Gur's Gurness might have been like <laughs> dialed up in a compromise with Nickelodeon because they wanted something a little more like squee yeah. to, 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 to go with. Uh,
1: by squee, do you like? Are you referencing the characters from Johnny's the Homicidal Maniac? Uh,
2: I, th- I think that they're related terms. I'm not sure if the, they are. Because but, I know you but, don't but know the,
1: about Squeeze, so I'm wondering if I'm you not, just came up with that on your own. No,
2: no, no, no. It, 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 it's a term that kind of, like, has that, like... That like I, I think it's supposed to be a characterization of the... Uh, the noise that a fan makes
1: oh yeah no it is it's like, Wee! Obnoxiously, like obnoxiously yeah.
2: joyous I, yeah. what i'm
1: asking is are you aware that squee is a character in johnny the homicidal maniac and actually um, has his own book ju-
2: ju- just in the background like uh, research that i've okay, done just making sure here, yeah like I, I, I am aware
3: didn't realize that
2: I, I am aware of something in jonathan vasquez's work known as squee but i didn't like, I, I didn't yeah. get the term from, from that specifically. Sure, sure. No. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, in, in my mind, Zim is actually way funnier than Gurr anyway. <laughs> huh?
3: like, yeah.
1: Yeah, when, whenever we're focusing on him and he's just kind of ignoring everything around him to, for, to uphold his own worldview are, like, the best moments of the show for me. His
0: vocal cadences. Oh, yeah. Daggett in, is perfect. In how perfect dramatic this. he gets. Mm. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah it, I think this it, is great vocal casting. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, Interesting, interesting, uh, interesting facts that I've just dug up here. Mm. Um, Richard Stephen Horvitz seems to have a reoccurring character in many different cartoons named Additional Voices.
1: <laughs> God damn it, Dan. <laughs> That's a Zane comment to make. <laughs> Uh,
2: you have no idea how long i've been sitting on that joke <laughs> i have been waiting for the voice actors to come up again
1: yeah. <laughs> you, you know related to that i've heard a lot that there was a lot of really great poetry that was created by this guy named anonymous <laughs> fucking dan graves everybody let's take a bow
2: <laughs> thank you very uh,
3: much people
0: do, do, do we very. have any final thoughts on the show I think we got a lot of out of it that we weren't expecting to yeah. today. Yeah.
2: I'm not ready to give final thoughts just because I want to give it another crack.
1: I think that um, looking at it, but while viewing the fact that they're all like just individuals within this world that's populated with lessers, I guess like just kind of the, mm-hmm. the mindless swarm around them doesn't really fit what they're doing and how that relates to their own like desire to deal with their loneliness. I think that that is, like, kind of a vital point for me to enjoy this show at this point. Without mm-hmm. it, it's still kind of enjoyable, but it's just not really enough for me. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I liked this a lot as a kid. Like, I liked Gurr a lot. And mm. liking the other parts, accepting kind of the more gruesome aspects, everything was riding on all cylinders. And I don't inherently dislike Gur anymore. He just doesn't mesh with what my conception of the show is best at now.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that the, the 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 final thought I would give is that I was mistaken to assume it was Pablum going in.
1: Can you define that for me again?
2: Pablum is like insipid, just like pointless kind of entertainment. Oh, sure.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goofy like, for being goofy.
2: And I didn't From like... From the German. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um and that's something that um is an idea that I need to completely revisit considering that so so I'm going to take your thesis and <laughs> stick it in my pipe and smoke it and sure. all other all other things um so the the, the show was different from my expectations yeah it, and, it's and, not and, all
1: and, Rick James bitch like there's and, something there
2: but my expectations needed more um intellectualization on this conversational end to, yeah. to, to, to really, like, deal with changing them.
1: Did you find that the show was generally funny? Uh,
2: once I actually did start getting into watching it, I would laugh. Yeah, I like, 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 like there were, like, it, it, it's a funny show. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, like, I, I think that just, like, the sensory overload por- portion of it, just, um, like, that just, like, skewed how I was perceiving what was going on. Um, that, that's something I need to completely just retool for the next time I pick up the show and, uh, and, um, finish off. I, so, so what I've heard is season one finishes off like really good, but season two, it starts to kind of fall apart and eventually it got canceled for monetary reasons, but at the same time, season two, maybe not the best. So season one, definitely.
1: I think do. that the season one is probably the stronger. Uh, they go into like twenty-two minute episodes in the season in season two quite a bit. I think mm-hmm. from what mm-hmm. I saw, um, so maybe that has something to do with it. There's also a few like cut episodes that add really weird dimensions to to, oh, to the characters. Oh, yeah,
0: I wanted to ah? bring this up, Ben. you Ooh. you mentioned in a previous episode the like kind of great subtext of who Zim actually is.
1: Yeah, you might not mm. notice, Dan. So listen up, please. Uh, I guess I'll do it. So there, <laughs> uh, there, there's this one, ep- there's
0: generally when you say, listen up, you keep talking
1: weird because <laughs> like, I, like I, I feel like some of the time I just wait for you to cut in and then just, just just like, I set you up, man. I'm just giving you, I'm, I'm letting you alley-oop off me. Um, so one of the cut episodes shows that, uh, Z- dib is able to steal zim's pack you know that thing on his back which is something that i love mm. like it hooks into him and like gives him these little spider claws which is yeah. such a good horror thing like i don't think we talked about how horrifying zim can be at times most of mm. it is the spider things <laughs> like his the dog spider dog.
2: things definitely yes
1: uh and i love his eyes and his little weird antenna i love the way it an urkin soldier looks mm. um but yeah like the, the pack is stolen by Dib, and it's revealed that Zim needs the pack to stay alive, and in fact, Zim is just kind of a host for the pack. The pack is all of Zim's intelligence and, like, malice and stuff, and Zim sort of starts devolving into, like, his more primal nature, and the pack starts, like, infecting Dib with Zim's personality. It's so—such a weird little detail that, like, makes you look at every scene a little bit differently.
2: Yeah, that is that that would be a game changer.
1: I lo- I love well, when alien biology is just shown to me and it's weird.
2: I wonder if that's something that Nickelodeon said no to.
1: I think that was just like a little bit I think that was just after it got canceled and never like I don't think mm. that would have been a turning point. Like, they've already accepted organ harvesting as okay. Like, yeah. I mean, where do you
2: have left
0: to go? (laughs) But,
2: I mean, you say organ harvesting like they're waking up in a bathtub full of ice with a hole on their their
1: side. (laughs) That's so much worse. (laughs) It's way worse than that. It's not just kidneys, it's like heart lungs. He just (laughs) suddenly has it. Yeah. There's just a flash of light, and now this kid's stomach is like. A radiator. Like, what? He's going <laughs> to die a slow, painful death without any hope. This is terrible.
2: We didn't have to watch uh, it happen.
1: <laughs> that doesn't make it. Which that is much why better. we
0: didn't <laughs> S- specifically avoided it.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. So I think it's it's a it's a good show, and it was done well. I think that as audience members, we just weren't always as receptive to it as you need to be to fully enjoy it. I think it's a
1: really good stepping stone for this medium. Like People weren't kind of... uh, The the nearest example I can think of as something being both horrifying and kind of comical in the animation medium is Ren and Stimpy, which I kind of dislike to be totally honest. Mm -hmm. It's just Mm -hmm. a little bit too gross and not cerebral enough for me to get much out of it. But this is sort of an evolution on that idea. That I was very willing and happy to see when I when I first watched it, and going back, it holds up pretty well for the most part.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. No, so let's uh, let's let's look to next time, Ben. What are we gonna watch next? Ooh.
1: Um. Okay. So next time we are watching Dexter's Lab, which I'm very much looking forward to. We're really you know hitting a lot of high notes. Is um, this
2: Nickelodeon month? <laughs>
1: I think that was Cartoon uh, Dexter's Network. Dexter's Lab was
0: uh, Cartoon, Network. Cartoon Network.
2: Oh, yeah, that was Cartoon Network. Yeah. I mean, Jeez, it might it as was... well have
1: been. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, and uh, that's that <laughs> a quick, quick, quick clarifying
0: on that, actually. Are we just watching, like, the original animation, Dexter's Lab? Because I remember, like, after a couple seasons, it took a really different shape.
1: I think we... I, I'm going to be watching most of or, the original run. I don't know where precisely it ended and, and like, started cranking out garbage. I think, okay. I, think, I think that we're going to be able to isolate that pretty, pretty successfully. I think there's too will much we talk- to talk about <laughs> already. Yeah, so. will we talk
0: about Ego Trip or leave that for a special occasion?
1: Oh, we're absolutely going to reference Ego Trip, which is the Dexter's Lab movie. Which, if you mm-hmm. have any affection for Dexter's Lab, Dan, you should probably watch. Uh,
2: yeah. I, 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 you know, it's been a long time, but I have seen Ego Trip.
1: Good for you. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love Chrome Dome Muscle Dexter. Man, it's it's just,
2: it's such a long time that I I just don't remember it that much.
1: We're also gonna have yeah. to talk about the show within a show, Justice Friends. <laughs> I think oh my! Then you know, there's so
2: much
0: we're gonna have to talk about. Or dial
1: M for Monkey.
2: Mm,
0: yes. Yeah, that,
1: that show, that that episode is already gonna be jam-packed without us adding like the more recent Dexter stuff to it. We can reference yeah. it, but I just want to do the the original
3: okay. couple of seasons. So
0: I think the canonical end of the of the chunk that we want to talk about is that two-parter where they fight godzilla
1: (laughs) i thought it was where they became godzilla
0: it it was a you know it's a two-parter ben come on a lot happens
1: (laughs) whatever (laughs) we'll deal with it then (laughs) what are we doing after dexter's lab
0: so um i have gotten in contact and uh i've got we've got a guest for this one uh from the podcast what's with you scooby-doo they look at like episode by episode. Scooby-Doo in different seasons and series and incarnations, and they're they're really fun to listen to. Um, and so I'm going to have somebody from that podcast on as we look at the 13 ghosts of Scooby-Doo.
1: I feel like I don't remember this very well.
0: <laughs> oh, really? This was one of my favorite uh, Scooby-Doo I- incarnations because it was, it was so weird because one, there were real ghosts um, and <laughs> two they have vincent price again
1: oh man
0: so get ready because they don't have the whole mystery gang they have scooby shaggy daphne scrappy and a young latino boy named Flimflam.
1: <laughs> the movie star the professor marianne
0: get ready yeah so i'm looking forward to doing some uh scooby doo stuff very yeah, nice. That
1: should that should be really interesting. I'll have to take a listen to this podcast before we start, so that I'm not starting from straight zero. But uh, yeah, it'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Dan, thank you. yeah, and Dan, thank you so for... much for uh, for joining us again. Uh, thank
2: this. you so much for having me. I, I will try not to have this long a hiatus between episodes for the next one. You um, know, what? I think
1: we've it? done two this year. That's kind of our regular. We're happy to have you on more often. And if you, mm-hmm. you know. If you need to just do Halloween, then that's totally cool. That if you know, you I, I would love to do more than that.
2: I would love to do more with that. I, I I will. Um, I'll be thinking of shows to Adam's bring family to your yeah. attention. If you We're have any an you have. at some
3: point, if
2: you have any yeah, recommendations, true. it's true.
0: Love love those.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and uh, if you like the Adam's Family. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell us about it
3: yeah
1: if you're harangued by the loneliness that is our world and our crying wake up sheeple constantly you can go ahead to our website <laughs> www.cartoncast.com and uh, ask for a show or leave a comment you can go to our facebook page and leave a comment or um, leave a rating and a review on itunes and more than anything else just tell your friends about the show if you happen to think they'd like it
0: and have friends who are not aliens
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, we're misguided Robots uh, Dan, you want to mm. send us
2: off? Um, keep looking to the skis the <laughs>
3: Skies, skies, skies
1: <laughs> Our eyeballs are very swollen
3: Mankind, that word should have new meaning for all of us
2: today We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interest. Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July. And you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution. But from annihilation.